When others treat your fries as an afterthought, all you're left with are cold, soggy fries. That's why Wendy's new fries are ones you won't forget. Guaranteed to be hot and crispy. Or we'll replace them. We're talking natural cut skin on fries, perfectly seasoned with a hint of sea salt. In fact, they're even preferred almost two to one over McDonald's. These are fries so hot and crispy, they beg a new question. What would you like with your fries? Try them today. Only at Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's. Taste preference based on a national taste test by an independent research company. This is your Wendy's wake-up call. Start your day with a better breakfast and get a free drink with any of our morning-making breakfast sandwiches. That's your favorite drink in a Wendy's cup, free. Fresh brewed coffee, free. Diet Coke, free. Vanilla Frosty Chino, that's cold brew plus Frosty Creamer plus free. So don't sleep on this deal. Get any size drink in a Wendy's cup, free, when you buy any breakfast sandwich. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Limited time only at participating Wendy's. On the card only. Offer valid upon request on lowest price qualifying item. Not valid for third-party delivery. All right, welcome to the Browsewire Podcast. This is your host, Josh Keeley. With me is the always great, the always fantastic Donovan James, back from our Thanksgiving break. Uh, we kind of called an audible last week and decided not to do our two pods because, uh, A, no one was going to listen because we were going to get them out too late. And, B, we were both traveling. Uh, but, Donovan, I know you went to go see your girl and everything, and uh, you had a great Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, I had a great Thanksgiving, man. Between uh, being here in middle Georgia and going to Chattanooga, it was fun, dude. So I had a good time. I hope you had a good time in Texas. Oh, yeah, dude. Hell, yeah. It was. It's always a good time going down and visit uh, – the degenerate gambler that is Papa Keats. Uh, I was able to, did you, I end up, I watched the Browns live because I was on a flight, but I ended up watching the game later on, which I, I hate not watching the game live. But unfortunately, that's how I did. But the Cleveland Browns are now 8-3, and three, dude, for the first time since 1994. Do you know who is the starting quarterback and head coach in 1994? Uh, Kelly Holcomb quarterback? No, bro. Kelly Holcomb was like 2001, 2002. 1994. 94. Yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. Uh, 1994. Bel- Belichick was a coach. Bingo. Bingo. Belichick. Wait, who was. Oh, I have no idea. Rodney Pete. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea. We were just talking about Rodney Pete. Vinny Tess Daverdi. Vinny. Vinny. Wow, oh, yeah, that's dude. Crazy. That's crazy. They finished the year 11 and 5. And then they moved the team. <laughs> Tragic. That's dude, that that's Art. right. Thanks, Art. Yeah, that's that's right. Um, yeah, man, it's exciting. The Cleveland Browns are eight and three. They just beat the Jacksonville Jaguars barely by the skin of their teeth. We're now sitting at one and ten, twenty-seven to twenty-five. Now you and I both were talking, even though we didn't have the podcast. We both talked about how the Browns should. Well, we talked about two weeks ago, actually. Uh, the Browns should kind of wipe the floor with the Jaguars. I was on a all eyes on Cleveland with Brad Ward, and we were both pretty pretty confident that the Browns were going to beat the spread. They did not, and they a- actually didn't even get to play J- uh, Jake Lutton. It was Mike Glennon who got the starting quarterback snaps for the Jacksonville Jaguars, which I guess was an update, uh, an upgrade over Jake, which I was kind of surprised by. I thought you'd let the young guy dish it out a little bit more. Mike Glennon seems like he's pretty pretty done so. Uh, but yeah, the Browns barely barely won. Man, some questionable coaching decisions. Baker Mayfield has had better days. Um, your boy Harrison Bryant has had better days. 
but some guys showed up. Jarvis Landry had eight receptions for 143 yards and a touchdown. Anderson Deho was finally not a liability. And Nick Chubb is always, always the consistent uh, hammer to end the game with 19 carries, 144 yards and a touchdown. What did you think, though? What was your big takeaways? Um, my, one of the big takeaways for me, um, I'll start negative and positive. <laughs> um, Love it. Mike Lennon played well, and that's not good. You don't want to get No, that's not good for Cleveland. Like, Jake Lennon You're right. played so bad last week. I think he was negative in fantasy points for people. Um, obviously, Gardner's still banged up, and they're not playing him right now. Um, well, Mike Lennon, a veteran, um, and he played well. He really did. Um, now, he missed a few throws, obviously, downfield, but he played well. I thought they gave up too many – Big plays uh, to him um, in that offense. That's not very good at all. I mean, that's one of the worst offenses in the NFL for sure. Um, it, they, that game got David Cottle fired. Uh, uh-huh. So, I mean, you see, what, you know, he's been there for a long time. It was about time he got fired. But they got some more firings coming, I'm sure, in Jacksonville. But I just thought it's just a bit ugly, man. It's the ugliest maybe 8-3 and three team I've seen in a while. They're not winning pretty. Their signature wins the Colts. Outside of that, I don't really know who else. Like, it's been kind of some average, below average teams, but they've won the game. Whoa, hey, time. wait a second. We both talked about the Eagles heading up <laughs> to the Eagles game, and we both agreed that the Eagles were a good team, though. We agreed. Yeah, but after me watching that team last night, man, I don't know how good that team really is. They're, that's they're fair. Not the best, they're not the best team in the East, um, NFC East, and that's saying a lot. That was a big win, though. They didn't need that. You're supposed to beat the team, Drew. In front of you, man, in NFL, this is in college. Like, there's no style points. You, you win those so, games. The, the takeaway for me was Baker actually played pretty solid. Oh, you think um, so? I mean, he was okay. He was better. Um, Jacksonville's defense isn't horrible to me, so he played pretty good. I thought Jarvis Landry. He got the ball to Jarvis Landry. He looked like a legit number one receiver. We 143 yards, one touchdown, eight receptions, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Um, but really, they just run the ball. Um, Percentage-wise, they run the ball more than anyone else in the NFL. Um, Nick Chubb, like I said, that stat a couple weeks ago, if he can get over 100, man, like, and a touchdown, they're winning the game. Um, they have the best one-two combo in the NFL to me um, with Hunt and Chubb. And, uh, you know, Baker just needs to not turn the ball over too much and not make mistakes. The defense still needs to tighten up a little bit. And that's no pun intended than playing the Titans. But uh, <laughs> next week, but they need to tie it up a little bit because that Titans team, you know what they're going to do. They're going to run down your throat, and they can throw it out uh, – Big big plays with Ryan Tannehill. But we'll get to that in a second. But, yeah, those are my takeaways. I was just really impressed by Jarvis Landry. He looked legit. Like, he's been looking solid to me, but he really looked like a number one guy, which I always thought they had two number ones, o- o- Odell and Jarvis. I, mean, I 100% agree. Yeah. I, I 100% agree. Jarvis Landry looked like an absolute stud. Um, He has games where he does look like an absolute stud. I I think that the good weather helped Jarvis Landry. I think that he looked smooth. He was open. He was aggressive. Um, I don't think we disagree there. I am a little. I, I'm a little disappointed. I am more disappointed in the offense than I am the defense. Even though Mike Lennon, who we talked about, who sucks, had a pretty decent day because I thought with the good weather and with the Jaguars' defense being so bad that we would see Baker Mayfield flourish more. Um, I look like a fool because on the podcast with Brad Ward last week and all eyes on Cleveland. Um, I talked about how I was very proud of the progress Baker has made. I felt, I felt that it wasn't a bad thing that he was a game manager. It wasn't a bad thing that he was taking it slow on the, in the, in the wicked weather. And it was a good thing that he wasn't turning the ball over. 
But I thought that this was going to be a day where he could maybe exploit and try to be more accurate. I wasn't expecting a 300-yard day. Um, as I said on Brad Ward's podcast last weekend, that I do expect the Browns to run the ball. I said that. I said, if you think that Baker's going to throw for 300 yards, you're sorely mistaken. But I did expect him to be more accurate and to not have plays where it looked like, oh, my God, that was terrible. He had two pretty rather large misses. Um, okay, yeah. I, that yeah. kind of bums me out. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. Because um, there wasn't any reason for it. I can't justify it in my head. That one miss that everyone was talking about, the one I, I can't even explain it. I have no idea. I mean, threw the ball so late is all I can say, but I don't know why he's holding on to the ball so late there. Well, it should oh, be. That, you're, talking about, you're talking about to the Rashard Higgins in the end zone? Yeah, that, I was like, dude, are you kidding? Like, I saw it on Twitter. Like, it's like a gif of it, and I was just like, what are we doing, Mike Baker? You know what I mean? Because he's, I mean, there's no excuse there. Because like, one would think that that would be your first read, anyways. Yeah. One would, I, I don't, I, based That's, off of what I saw. I don't know if you're a big QBR guy. Um, Necessarily, I know, but his QBR—that's what I kind of going off. It was eighty-eight point seven, which is really so. If you look at that, you're like, "Oh wow!" Like Glennis is only forty-nine. <laughs> is that right? You know? Yeah, but if you look at their stats, they're like almost identical. Like, you know what I mean? It's I just like QBR is weird. Like it's it's like Baker almost had like a perfect game. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't hit a hit a B plus game. I don't think Baker's bad, and I I just. Remember, it, all, these, all these terms are relative terms, okay? But on the podcast last week, I said, no, Baker's good. Baker's my guy. That, that's the big question. It's always the big question. Is Baker your guy? And I said, yeah, hell yeah, Baker's my guy. He's the dude. He's who I'm sticking with. And you're going to see a glimpse of why this weekend when there's some good weather out. And I don't think he, I don't think he did anything to prove me right. I don't think he played bad. I don't think he played poor. He just wasn't the strength. Jarvis Landry and Nick Chubb were the strength. You know, does that make sense? No, it makes sense. I really it comes down for me because everyone keeps talking about Baker every week on these national shows or whatever, and I'm just like, can he win you? Can he win you some games in the playoffs with this roster? Um, I think he's so. Never, he's never going to be Mahomes or even Deshaun Watson to me or Russell Wilson. He, he, I don't think he'll ever be that. Honestly, personally, he's not. That's a bummer, him. dude. But yeah, it is a bummer. But will he be? A top ten quarterback, yeah, I think he can get that bottom eight to ten range. I, I think, think he already. Is. I don't think he's top ten yet. See, I'm biased, but I'm 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 You're admitting biased. to you that's why, that's <laughs> I, why like I thought 15. it was a bad game and you thought it was a good game because I view it as a top ten quarterback and you don't. So for me, that wasn't a top ten quarterback okay, game. Okay, see that. Well, see that's. I'm glad you clarified that because I'm thinking he's twelve to fifteen at best. <laughs> so there you go. And then I so I'm, that's I'm like wow he's eighty eight point seven. That's, the, that's uh, the difference. He's Rising player, just he should be a top player. ten quarterback talent wise. Talent wise, he's top ten. I just don't think he's. I mean, there's people saying that Case Keenum should be playing. I don't agree with those that. people. Are insane. They are. Those insane. people are insane, and they barely got their GED. Okay. But he's, <laughs> he, yeah, you're right. There's, there's <laughs> like Brandon Marshall, man. He's been talking mad junk about Baker and the Browns. He doesn't believe Bro. in them at all. He said they're the worst eight and three team of all time. <laughs> it's hard to disagree with that. I, I'm not going to sit here and, and put, plant my flag. Okay, let's move. Let let let's take that. That's a good topic. Let's move on to the next topic. Eight and three. You, you've made a couple comments about you don't know how good they are. Um, we, you know their last good win was against the Colts. We're no longer counting the Key Eagles game as a good win. Brandon Marshall's talking shit. Um, <laughs> I, I've listened to a. I've listened. You know me. I listen to a lot of gambling podcasts and, and try to really get. Under- 
understand the realm behind the numbers and all that good stuff. And paper tiger is a common term that's being tossed around in regard to the Browns. Like that eight and three record is false. Just like the Falcons record, how when they were one and five or whatever they were at the time when they only had one win, how everybody said, no, they're a good team. They're a good team. Ignore that. Ignore that. They're saying the same thing about the Browns, that they're a bad team, that they could just as easily be three and eight. What um, what, how, what mean, do you say to those people? They could be three and eight, but they're not. Um, that's a big – I mean, could this be a five and five team? Sure, I don't think it would be three and eight. But, um, that, but, again, you have – you could argue that they have, like – I mean, they got some of the best players in the NFL, dude. That's all I can say. Like, Austin Hoover is one of the best tight ends in the NFL, right? Um, they have two of the best running backs in the NFL. Um, they have – Arguably the best edge rusher in the film, I was Garrett. Um, Odell Beckham, Jarvis. And they've won without him, by the way. People, people are forgetting that they're they're yeah. still chugging along without Miles Garrett, who was in the they, running for the defensive player have, of the year. They have a good depth chart. I mean, they've, they're bringing guys off practice squads that were Pac-12 All-Americans, like Porter Gus, and he's starting games. Um, Pac-12 All-Conference, excuse me, not All-American, but Pac- all Pac-12 guys. So I mean, they have guys. Um, so should this team be better? I mean, they're right where they should be. I, I honestly thought the Browns were a nine or ten win team. Um, just because, like, they play in the toughest division in football. They're, they're, I mean, the Steelers are undefeated still. You know what I mean? And the Ravens are still a solid team. They're, I know they've won six games and they're dealing with their own stuff with COVID, but they're in a tough division, dude. Um, and for them to be 8-3 right now is insane. They have a rookie head coach. You know I mean, that's never been a head coach in the that's right. before. So I would say, man, I think he's coach of the year. Um, you think that Stefanski's coach of the year? I think he's coach of the year. You know, this topic came up on Brad's show. Again, I'm going to give him another toss out, all eyes on Cleveland with Brad Ward. And uh, I said that to me, I felt that it was either Mike Tomlin or Brian Flores because Mike Tomlin, you got the, – the, they're undefeated. They're clearly the best team in the NFL, and they're on, a, they're on a roll. And then on the other side, you have Brian Flores, who's taking this terrible team and he's winning decent, decent enough games. I feel like Kevin Stefanski and the Browns are in too much in that, that purgatory where right. they're good enough to where no one's impressed by how many games he's winning, and he's bad enough to where no one really – I, I guess that that's why – their Browns roster is good enough to where no one cares that they've won eight games with a rookie head coach. Does that make sense? It makes sense, but, I mean, how many – I don't know the Browns' remaining schedule by heart. I know they always play the Titans this week, but I mean, what happens if they go twelve and four? You know, what I mean, they we're having a different conversation then, or yeah, know, what are we for sure? I, I, you're right. Yeah. You're right. I mean, I get it. Though. I I would say obviously, you know, um, Mike Tomlin. If I had to pick, and I was, I'm a, if I was a betting man, which I am, he would win Coach of the Year. <laughs> um, and then yeah, Flores would be in that discussion. I think the fancy should be in that discussion. Um, there's, a, there's a couple other coaches out there that could be in that discussion. Uh, it'd be, people will say Andy Reid. I don't believe Andy Reid won Coach of the Year because I mean, <laughs> they just won Super Bowl. They're supposed. Is to that be because he but... is Andy Reid? Are we dealing with the 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 LeBron James effect with Andy Reid, where it's like yeah, even it's though like, he's the best, he's not allowed to win it anymore. Yeah, he's not allowed to win it anymore. So I mean, <laughs> shoot, they might give Jay, might give Joe Judge the award, man, if he's pulled off some more dummies. Yeah, no, no but, kidding. Uh, but no, I, I think he's a legit coach of the year candidate, at least Kevin Stefanski. And uh, yeah, I, I think this you know, is legit. And they they have so many injuries though. They've never really yes. been like under percent the whole year. Uh, maybe at the beginning of the year, like the first couple of games. I don't know how many COVID cases they've had. I don't know the Browns' COVID case situation, but I know they haven't been healthy too much the whole year um, on offense and defense. And 
I think for a rookie head coach to come in and do that for his first year is uh, impressive to me, especially because he's stuck with a plan. It's hard to do that when you're Baker Mayfield is the face of he's one of the faces of the NFL. Shit, not just the franchise. So when you, you see him on like, think Baker Mayfield's the face of the NFL? He's one of the faces of the NFL. He's got so many commercials and endorsements, man. But he's You know what like, I you know what you're right. I'm running the football because my best players are Nick <laughs> Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I'm running the football. I'm going off play yeah. action and getting some boots there. Um, and, and, you know, running Baker off play action passes and let him still throw and get into his maturation process. But I'm sticking with the plan and I'm running with it basically. And it's working. Eight and three. I do suppose if my grandmother knows your name, you are the face of the NFL because she can name like two NFL players. It's like Tom Brady and Baker Mayfield because he's in all those progressive commercials. Um, but it's funny you talk about Stefanski in such a high regard because this is definitely one of the worst games he's coached, I think. Um, he had a couple – Couple of weird calls on offense. Um, one specifically on fourth down. He not only did he go for it and not take the field goal, which would probably ice the game. Um, because remember, the Jaguars that scores 27 25, the Jaguars missed an, uh, a two point conversion. So it was almost 27 27. But he, he neglected to take the field goal, decided to go for it. And instead of giving the ball to the truck that is Nick Chubb, he gave the ball to Cream Hunt, which was. Super strange, and there were a couple other calls that were like, "I don't really know what you're doing." Um, but again, they pulled out the win, and then, like you said, Stefanski does stick with what he's trying to do. I believe it was last week or two weeks ago where Chubb only had like 19 yards rushing and going into the half, and then he exploded in the second half, took over the game, and had over 200 yards, and uh, or I'm, I'm probably exaggerating, over 120 yards at least, and. Uh, you know that 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 goes to Stefanski's credit because he's he stuck with the game plan, like you said, giving it to the horses. Yeah, he's still got some growth. The whole team does, but yes, uh, like I said, they're they're uh, pretty much a lock to be in the playoffs to me at this point, and uh, with the set extra stretch with the extra spot. And uh, I know I shouldn't say that, Jinx, right? But I believe they are. I mean, they're a couple of games away from probably clinching it. I believe like ten and six, what you need to do. They're so. second place in the AFC North. Right yeah, they're now. fourth and fourth. And they're two. They're two games ahead of the Ravens. I think. Double checking on that. Yeah, that well, I don't know if that like, sounds right. They're like a half again. Well, like one and a half because the Ravens haven't played this week. So. That that's why. Yeah. I, yeah, I knew that sounded yeah. goofy when it came out of my mouth. So that game will eventually happen. I swear. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know why they have, should be forced. Mm. But I don't. I don't know why it hasn't happened yet. It's so weird how they're treating that game. It'll um, be Wednesday tomorrow. Is yeah, three o'clock or three thirty or whatever. They, they changed the time to seven. Is that right? They just changed it again. Yeah, six fifty-five is the actual time. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I can't. It's uh, I don't know. Whatever. That's a whole different thing. But yeah. Um, so let's go ahead and talk about the Titans. They're playing the Titans this week, who are also eight and three. You made the reference. We again. Are the Browns paper tigers? So let's talk about the game. And then after the game, I'm going to ask you to make your pick against the spread. For reference, the Browns are the underdog. The Titans are a heavy favorite by six points. And for good reason. They just came off of demolishing the Colts by 19 points as they won 45 to 26. They are now first place in the AFC South for the first time since 2008. Woo! And that is after they took their foot off the gas because they had 35 points in the first half. And let me double-check my stats. That's right. Derrick Henry had 140 yards rushing and three touchdowns at the half before, again, they took their foot off the gas, and he finished with only 178. And the offensive whole kind of just shut down operation. 
that is a pretty, pretty, pretty big smashing win. Um, so I could definitely see why the Titans are the favorite because they'd be a decent team. We just said the Colts were decent in the first segment, um, and the Titans beat them yeah. in an impressive fashion. The Browns barely sweeped by the Jaguars. What do you think about this Tennessee Titans team? They're great, man. Um, to, for they're the, great. Yeah, I think they're one who, of them. Rank them. Rank them on a basis of who the Browns have paid, played so far, because we've we've talked about, and you were on the podcast for the Eagles game. Um, we talked about the Colts game. We talked about those being some of the most. Do you, do you think that the Titans are a more impressive team than the Eagles? Than what you thought the Eagles were? They're, they're better than every team the Browns have played except the Steelers. So Ooh, that's big. They're, they're better than Baltimore. I mean, they went toe to toe with the Steelers. Man, they should have. I mean, they, they could have easily won that game. Um, and that was everybody was healthy then. There was no injuries. Everybody was healthy on both sides. Um, they they could have won the game. You know, they they didn't. They missed a game winning field goal, dude. That's it. Like that's that was was keeping them from winning that game. Um, the the biggest win for them though was just coming off of that uh, impressive win versus the the Colts beating the Packers um, at home, and then they turn around with a huge momentum and overtime to win that game, and then go to the Titans in a robbery game. And you, I was thinking, oh, the Colts will win this one. They they you know, impressed me. Some people were putting them in their top five. They'd go demolish them. Derrick Henry just destroys them. Taylor Lewan up front of that offensive line. It's one of the top five O-lines in, in, uh, well, in the country. Hold on. Now, see, Taylor Lewan is hurt, and Ty Sambrello is hurt, too. Some okay. Sam Brallo is hurt, too. Sam Sambrello is hurt. Thank you. My God. How can I pronounce it? I didn't know Taylor was out. I didn't know Taylor was out. So their starting offensive line last week was David Quisenberry. Quiz is good. Dennis Kelly, Nate yeah. Davis, <laughs> Roger Saffold, and Ben Jones. That, to me, is not a strength. That's still a solid line. It's not top five, but it's still a solid line. Um, but that's it, is no, it is no better than the Eagles offensive line that was destroyed by Olivier Vernon for three sacks. Correct. Right? You're right. I didn't know Taylor the one was out. Sorry about that. Um, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. We need someone to double check that no, for us you're, you're and tweet at us if we're wrong. Well, he, 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 was he was definitely out, out against last week. He was out he was last, out last week. week. I didn't I think it was questionable. I don't know how long he's out. If they get him back, obviously Ty Sam Brill, it's a different game. Be a different game. Uh-huh. But I just meant for the season anyway. Um as far as this week, I actually think the Browns uh I think they have win win the game. Uh, I was gonna hype up the Titans and just kind of bring them back down. That's all. <laughs> um, so you think the Browns are gonna win? I think they're gonna. They have a. They have a chip on the shoulder. Be eight and three. People are talking about them like they're damn. Like we said, five and five, three win team. They have a really big chip on the shoulder. I think they come in. They're playing them really the same style. They're running the ball with Derrick Henry down their throat. They're running with Chubb. They can keep up running with them. Most people are like. They don't have a you, – you can't keep up with Derrick Henry and him running the ball because there's no better running back in the NFL than him, really. I mean, there's a couple guys that can compete with him. Chubb's one of them. And Kareem Hunt is, is damn good, too. So, they're going to run the ball, obviously. Um, again, Baker, no, no turnovers, no big turnovers. And uh, I think he'll make a couple big plays, especially to Jarvis Landry and Austin Hooper. And uh, I don't know. The times are just – they're good, but they're inconsistent. And I think the Browns have a chip on their shoulder and they can get the W. Um being a six-point favorite for the favorite for the Titans is pretty big um, to me. I think it's a little too big. I would say three and a half, four, something like that. Um, I, but I tend to agree with Miles you. Miles Garrett, get Miles Garrett back. Um, I mean, so 
Yeah, with that beat up offensive line, you got Garrett and Vernon's played a couple good games in a row now. This offensive line, if it's still beat up, it could be re- it could be in pain. I, I tend to agree with you. I think that I saw I was a bit surprised when I saw that huge number six with both teams that are both eight and three. I, I was a bit shocked. I know Mike Vrabel has been absolutely insane. He's I know Derrick Henry has been absolutely insane. I know Ryan Tannehill has uh, has played very 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 well. I almost want to say insane for him too because he doesn't make any mistakes. He was thirteen at twenty two, two hundred twenty one yards at a touchdown last week against the Colts, and that's damn good against an aggressive Colts defense. That's very good. That's a Pro Bowl caliber player that's playing at a Pro Bowl caliber level. I would think that their big weakness, though, is their offensive line. And with a fully healthy Garrett and a fully healthy healthy Vernon, that might be enough to tip the scale. Now, when you look at the Titans' defense, the Titans' defense has not been that great. I mean, hell, the Colts still scored 26 points on them. Uh, their defensive backfield has been kind of in in flux. They made that trade for Desmond King, uh, and he's played a lot more. I think he had the most snaps of the season since joining the Titans last week. So I think that it's starting to transform into something that is a strength. But the linebackers are still dealing with injuries. Jayon uh, Brown's hurt. So David Long and Will Compton had to play in his place. So those guys are not great. They played okay. David Long played okay. Will Compton is more or less a liability. Um, and again, like you said, the Browns run the ball. They're going to attack those linebackers. So I think that the Browns get a plus there. My biggest concern would be that the Browns or that the, the Titans are, and Derrick Henry are going to be running right at the weakness that is the Browns linebackers. That's my biggest fear. But is that big enough for six points? My money's going on the Browns. My money's going on the Browns. Dude, you're, you're dead correct. I'm sorry. Yeah, Lawan's out for the season. Um, is that right? And Ty Sambrill is out for the, they're both out for the season, dude. He see That's, he was he was recently hurt. Last week, I believe, was the first game that he missed. Sambrill. Uh, yeah, Luan's done. Um first he's torn his ACL. Oh, um, so yeah, he's done. Uh Sambrillo is most likely out for the season. Uh, I mean they're saying like six to eight weeks. I mean, that's mm-hmm. pretty much the season. Like yeah. unless they make the Super Bowl. Um, which I don't see the Titans making the Super Bowl. They were one game away last year, I guess, right? Were they in the AFC championship last year? Yeah, yeah. They were in the AFC championship last year. Um, I the, the, yeah, they were. They played the Chiefs. They were up early too. Um, so I mean, they're a good, good team, obviously. But they, not having Luan and Sambrilla, no. I mean, really, like that's that's one of the best combos, left right tackles in the NFL. I think Luan's a top five uh, tackle, and Sambrilla's damn good too. And not having those yes. guys changes everything. Um, like you say, you name some of their backups. Like Fussenberry, I watched him. You know, um, college is a good player, but <laughs> you can't replace Taylor Luan, dude. That's no. like he's irreplaceable. Um, unless you had Tyson Biller to replace him, but then he's out. <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah. That's going to be tough, man. And their defense has been like average, especially they can't stop the, their secondary just banged up and they're not that great to begin with. Um, yeah. I, I, like I said, they added Desmond King and they've, they've, they've at, at, the names, if you look at the names in the defensive backfield, was it Kenny DeCaro? Like I said, Desmond King, uh, Malcolm Butler, who's terrible. Malcolm Butler's been atrocious since joining the Titans. They give a, um, big, a lot of big plays. Yeah, they do. They do. But the linebackers appear to be the biggest weakness with with Brown being out. Um, I, they're just they're kind of rotating between two guys that are very below average guys. And against a running team like the Browns, I think that that's going to bite them in the ass. Now, again, you could say the same thing about the Titans going up against guys like Mac Wilson, Taki Taki, and guys that. I, I and I love even though I love Mac Wilson. Let's be honest; he's had a very rough career thus far in Cleveland. Um, but I just think that there's just you're you're getting a whole six. Point. First of all, I think the Browns can win outright. 
Okay, I, I really truly do. But you're also we're talking talking about gambling. You're giving them six points. Nah, that's not enough for me. Does this game in Tennessee matter at all? I mean, I know the crowd is not really a huge factor, I guess, but I know it's in Tennessee, so does that of matter? Of course, at it all? matters. I think that every, every you know at eight and three, you don't have a, uh, you don't have the option of a game not mattering, right? Why does it like doesn't it matter? It's in, it's in Tennessee, um, like in Nashville. Does it matter? Yes, it is. Okay, it matters that it, where it is. Okay, because I know people say, "Oh, there's no home field advantage." No, because kind of. My my understanding, and that that's a good topic, but I f- from listening to uh, the for instance the most recent uh, podcast I listened to, I believe it was uh, with Gil Alexander and Chrissy Andrews. Um, they were talking specifically about home field advantage, and they have gotten com- got rid of it completely. Got rid of it completely. They tried to adjust it to. Do- COVID, usually home field advantage in the NFL is three points. They adjusted due to COVID to one and a half, and now they've adjusted, they, after the weeks, after the fourth week, they got rid of it completely, because it's just, it's out the door this season. Okay. So I don't believe that that's going to have an effect, but again, we're taught, if you, you know, there's a lot of variables that go into it. If you're talking about just the round gambling aspect of it, there shouldn't have an effect. If you're talking about, you know, is, is it going to be chilly? I don't know what the weather is going to be like. You know, the, the, the Titans' cool. passing game yeah, seems pretty... to be better than the Browns' passing game, I guess. Yeah. One, could I th- say, one I can make think, the argument. I think they have more weapons available right now. I mean, obviously, like, AJ's playing well and all those guys. Corey Davis played well last week, too. Yeah. I mean, but, I mean, you look at what, you know, the, the Browns have weapon-wise, too. Yeah, I, don't, I know they don't have Odell, but, like, Everyone's saying they're playing better without him. So, I mean, I know we talked about that a couple weeks ago. You disagree yeah. with that, but Jarvis is playing his ass off. Austin Hooper is playing great. He's a pro bowler this year. So, up Harrison Bryant, a bunch of guys on offense, you know, that can catch the ball. Nick out of the backfield and Kareem, all those guys. Um, so, I mean, it's pretty even on offense. I mean, obviously, the Titans offense is a little bit better. Like, consistently, Derrick Henry. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, That's the know, problem. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I love Nick Chubb. He's great, but Derrick Henry's a little bit better than. And I, I've been on a love fest for Nick Chubb for a while. But I think Henry is really third in MVP voting. I think it's Mahomes, Rodgers, and uh, Henry are my three right now, I would say. I think, kind of he, a, I think he just – he 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 wears – Yeah, Dalvin Cook, too. Dalvin Cook's stats are like almost identical to Derrick Henry, but his team's not good. So Yeah, and you can't really just load the box against the Titans. No, Tannehill. You know what I mean? Yeah, because you can you can you can load the box more against the Browns, and Baker still might not find a way to beat you. Or, but Tannehill, he'll he'll figure out where to put it. Because like you said, he's got AJ Brown, Corey Davis, Jonu Smith is no joke. Jonu Smith, yeah. See, yeah, they've kind of figured out how to throw throw dish it around. I want the Browns' offense to be like the Titans. That's the only thing. Like I think they should be there. Like they're scary, like through the air. Even though you know you you can't you have to worry about Derrick Henry. First, but like you're so worried about him that Tannehill will beat you. But like that's what the Browns are lacking on offense. I don't think anyone's really worried about Baker yet. Like even that's, if he does beat you, that's the difference. Throws, it's, like, I, it's, it's some throws. It's not a whole game of like, oh, Baker can beat me the whole game. I, it's so weird saying that about Ryan Tannehill, who who I love coming out of Texas. I love coming him coming out of Texas. Saying that I was a big Ryan Tannehill stand when he came when the Titans picked him up. Now I never thought in a million years he would take over from Marcus Mariota because I was an even bigger Marcus Mariota fan. But I said I said oh, I always said that you know Adam Gase was what destroyed Ryan Tannehill. If Ryan Tannehill can get his footing, 
watch out. But it still surprises me because I think that Baker Mayfield was even better. Ryan Tannehill coming out was even better than Marcus Mariota coming out. So it kind of surprises me that I'm sitting here saying that Tannehill is more dangerous as a passer, as, as a quarterback, than Baker Mayfield. But he just is. He's more athletic. He's he's making better decisions. He just he's smooth with it, man. Comes with growth, man, and that age and wisdom. And uh, I guess you know Baker's still a young cow. He's 25 years old, so he's got yeah. a little bit 24, 25. He's got a little ways to go um, to get there. The mental. I think it's a lot of Baker's game is IQ. He's still got the same arm strength, man, and everything. His eyes. Are, I mean, it's just the game's moving a little quicker. You know, he's got to slow it down. So you can gain a slowdown to be a lot bit easier for Baker, I think. And just like you said, that throw wide open, I mean, you just got to connect on that and see it, man. You got yeah, Tannehill's not missing on that. Tannehill hasn't missed on a throw like that all year, at least to my recollection. No, Adam Gaze Tannehill would have missed that throw. I really hope Sam Darnold is going to be Ryan Tannehill. Like, he's just, you know, with Gaze and, you know, he'll be better. Dude, Sam Darnold's my number one quarterback out of that class. I liked him better than Baker, man. I compared Sam Darnold to my big comparison. Who did I? I I said I compared him believe, to Joe Montana when he came out. I was like, dude, he's just that. He's so calm, cool, and collected. Dude, he had first of all those USC wide receivers were trash. Who was his best wide receiver? Deontay Burnett. Is that right? Yeah, Judy for one year. For just- no, it was his freshman year. He had Juju. Yeah, when Max Brown got bent that year. Yes, That's dude. It. Yes. His last year, his junior year, his best receiver was – is it not Burnett? Oh, yeah. Who was the wide receiver that was like 5'8"? Yeah, he had Deontay Burnett and – That's um, it. That's the guy. He had a couple other like younger – yeah, he had uh, Tyler Vons who's still there now. Basically all our junior, senior receivers that are at USC. Burnett was had. the – Burnett was the guy, though. But yeah, yeah, Burnett was the guy. Yeah. Because they had who did who did the Buckeyes? We had no time. We had Ronald Jones. I mean, as a running back, we had a running back. Oh yeah, who was who was fantastic. But he he didn't have. uh, He threw to Ronald Jones a lot because he didn't have a a tight end at all. Um, (laughs) We never had a tight end. Um, So yeah, but anyway, I mean, yeah, I hope that works out for Sam Darnold. But anyway, I mean, for Baker, yeah, I just want their offense to look a little better. Um, They can look like Tennessee, but I think they will look like Tennessee. Maybe this Sunday. Now, if they can get that consistently rolling, it'd be great. But I think uh, I just think it comes into mentality, man. Like the Browns have a chip on their shoulder. They're, they see this stuff, you know what I mean? Oh, are you oh, yeah. guys that good? And they can't watch it too much, but I think they're just going to come out with a little extra chip on their shoulder and really play some, they're going to have to play tough and rough football. And that's what they want to play. Um, this is like the game built for them. Now if they're playing like the chiefs or a team that can really spread out. No, I don't, you know, not even the chiefs, just another team that can really air it out. I think that's their bad matchup. I think this matchup is better for them. Because they can get rough and dirty and play with these guys and run the football and get physical, and that's what they want to play, you know, um, to me. But All right, so lock, let's lock it in. Cleveland Browns getting six points at the Tennessee Titans. Who are you taking? I'm going to go – oh, man, I'm going to go t- 24-21 Browns. Perfect. I am also going to take the Cleveland Browns getting six points. So I think we're in agreement. Yeah, it's going to be – it could be lower scoring than that, man. This is just going to be so many run plays. The clock's just going to be moving and moving. But I'll go, I'll go 24, 24. I, I also think, think that – I'm also going to sprinkle somebody on the money line. I think that the Browns can win outright. 
But all right, that dude, I, I I'm with you. I'm excited. I think that the Browns are gonna we're gonna be sitting here. They're gonna be nine and three next week, and we're gonna be talking about this being the most impressive win of the season. I, I I'm I'm all for it. I'm rocking. And I'm ready to go. This was the Browns Wire podcast. Make sure you tune in tomorrow night because Donovan and I are gonna be breaking down our best bets again. Donovan, I know that you did well. I did extremely well because two weeks ago. When we gave our three best college bets, we'll talk. I'll talk about this tomorrow. But two of the games got canceled due to COVID. So <laughs> technically, I went one and zero. Was a hundred percent of the week. Yeah, that sucks, man. I saw. I actually saw. Oh, I didn't know that, but I assumed one of your games might have been Ohio State. I know that got canceled. So. Oh no, I don't. I I, I haven't. The premium on Ohio State is so high. I rarely bet on Ohio State. I rarely. Yeah, they're, they're, playing they're, like, just, they're playing like Illinois, I think, or something. Dude, the cash yeah. is just too much. The, ca- the cash is just the, the spread is too I had, much. I had one game canceled. The USC Colorado. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But we're gonna be diving into that. We're gonna be arguing about the playoffs. I'm excited about that. Um, but yeah, this was the Browns Wire podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Josh Keatley16. We're gonna try to get these things posted on YouTube and all that good stuff. Good friend Brad Ward again. All, all, all eyes on Cleveland was helping me out trying to figure and edit that out. Um, by the way, I am in first place in the Cleveland Podcast Football League. Now my logo is the Brown, the Bengals logo, so I don't know how to change that. But uh, be, pay attention to that as well because I am smashing in. Don, where can everybody find you? Yeah, find me on Twitter at Don James Sports. The name remains the same. Uh, just follow me on there. Tweet about everything right now. If you guys are, like I said, football fans, obviously you're here listening to the Browns Wire podcast. But I'm talking about, man, I mean, Kentucky and KU are playing right now college basketball. Talking about that. My Zags. We're in a <laughs> right now. NBA draft sales. Uh, the NBA schedule just got released. It's crazy because the season just ended. So I'm talking about everything, man. So just follow me on there. I appreciate you, Josh. Oh. What, you, what, what you got going on? You got what, what you – you got any other podcast visits to make, or you got anything yeah, going on yeah. this week? I got, yeah, I've got uh, me, I, Jake Garcia. He's a four star quarterback committed to Ooh. USC. Um, got him coming on uh, right before the Georgia State playoffs. He's a not Dawson Grayson High School, so interviewing him. That's, uh, I'll be in next week. Have that going. Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah. I'll, we'll be looking for updates. Again, you can follow Donovan and I on Twitter. Hit us up. This is the Browns Wear Podcast. And we are-
When others treat your fries as an afterthought, all you're left with are cold, soggy fries. That's why Wendy's new fries are ones you won't forget. Guaranteed to be hot and crispy. Or we'll replace them. We're talking natural cut skin on fries, perfectly seasoned with a hint of sea salt. In fact, they're even preferred almost two to one over McDonald's. These are fries so hot and crispy, they beg a new question. What would you like with your fries? Try them today. Only at Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's. Taste preference based on a national taste test by an independent research company. When others treat your fries as an afterthought, all you're left with are cold, soggy fries. That's why Wendy's new fries are ones you won't forget. Guaranteed to be hot and crispy. Or we'll replace them. We're talking natural cut skin on fries, perfectly seasoned with a hint of sea salt. In fact, they're even preferred almost two to one over McDonald's. These are fries so hot and crispy, they beg a new question. What would you like with your fries? Try them today. Only at Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's. Taste preference based on a national taste test by an independent research company.